Hi, and welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Ellie. And I'm Abby. We're so glad that you could join us for our Youth Sunday celebration. Come on in. Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians 3, 16 through 17. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. This is the word of the Lord. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Hi, my name is Ellie Deed. Um, I just finished my senior year of high school at Northside High School. And I'll be going to Guilford College in North Carolina in the fall. I love baking anything with chocolate, and I'm heavily involved with the behind-the-scene work that goes um, on at the theater department at Northside. Um, Today, I wanted to focus on Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which he wrote from jail. Um, He was writing to the church of Ephesus with the intent of encouraging unity between the Jewish and Gentile, which is not Jewish, Um, populations because when the church was fairly new there was a bit of a dispute as to whether you had to adopt certain aspects of Judaism before you could become Christian. A sort of lengthier process to do things the right way and here Paul says there's no need for that we're all good um, in this message where he tries to reunite both sides of the divisive argument. The part that stood out to me the most in the passage comes from the part where he's directly addressing the church Uh, writing, he says, with the understanding that they are rooted and grounded in love. I just thought that was the coolest wording, Uh, being so steadfast and confident, growing outward from a firm foundation in Christ, being rooted and grounded in love. Now, I'm lucky enough to have a couple sources of these roots, my friends, my family, my church family. Um, That's all different kinds of love, but I think they all count as the deep emotional foundations Paul was thinking of when he wrote this letter. I've gone to this church for about three years now, and I've had a wonderful time getting to know all y'all, helping out with youth activities, sharing meals together, and worshiping in community with me. 
Many of you have acted as examples of kindness and compassion towards me and my family and towards others. My freezer is full of biscuits, handmade by some of y'all that are in my freezer often enough to prove that. Um, and that's what I was thinking of when I was looking at today's scripture. The wider church faith community has been integral to me throughout my life from vacation Bible school to learning to knit from some lovely women at church to youth lock-ins. When I moved here at the end of my freshman year, I was totally out of my element and a totally new state, and I found grounding not only in my friends in the theater department at school, but in the welcoming atmosphere of First Pres as well. It's been a grounding community of faith for me through the actions of the people around me in the congregation in much the same way that Ephesians describes, a rooting and grounding love. And just like when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, there's not exactly a lack of division or strife today. I would encourage you to continue being rooted and grounded in Christ in the welcoming and loving way you were for me when I came here, as you overcome hardship and difficulty to be the presence of Christ in the world. Thank you. Hi, my name's Alex, and I'm a senior at Columbus High School, well, at least for six more days until graduating next Saturday. After that, I'll be attending the University of Tennessee, where I'm going to cheer on my volunteers and hopefully get a degree while I'm there, too. I've been a part of this church as long as I can remember, and when I heard that the theme today was about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I should talk about and how I was going to cover this topic. But first, I thought I was going to lead off with a joke to kind of break the ice, you know? So the Lord said unto John, Come forth and receive the Holy Spirit. But John came in fifth and won a toaster instead. Pretty much anyone who calls himself a Christian knows that the Holy Spirit is one of three parts of the Trinity. But I do think the Holy Spirit is by far the least talked about part of the Trinity, at least in my experience. Trying to write this sermon led to many questions, and the more questions I answered, the more I came up with. I struggled to understand many aspects of the Holy Spirit. What really is the Holy Spirit, and how does it influence us in our daily lives? In the Bible, we learn that the Holy Spirit guided and led the apostles to be more than the men that they were, and without that guidance, we probably wouldn't be sitting here in a church today. We also learned in Luke that the Holy Spirit can take the form of a dove, and it descended upon Jesus at his baptism. He taught, guided, and led people in their understanding of what God truly represents. And at another critical point in Jesus' life, at the Last Supper, he promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit would be there with them going forward and be there to guide them. I know throughout my life I've heard the phrases, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but what does that really mean? We know the Holy Spirit's been guiding people to do great things for centuries, such as Jesus, the apostles, and members of the early church, but how exactly does this guidance work? The more I researched and prayed about it, my curiosity grew and I had so many questions, so much to learn, and so much time to actually finish the sermon. So back to my original dilemma. What exactly is the Holy Spirit and how does it impact our daily lives? John Calvin, the famous theologian, called the Holy Spirit the fountain of life. The Nicene Creed calls it the giver of life. The more I read and thought in this process, not even Calvin or the Nicene Creed made me fully understand how encompassing this part of the Trinity really is. I stopped searching on the internet for an answer, for an answer and instead looked to the Bible. I came across a verse that I hadn't really thought about since my times in Wednesday, on, Sun, or on Wednesday Chapel at St. Luke. 
Galatians 5, 22, and 23. I remembered a song about the fruits of the Spirit. I learned that the fruits that the Holy Spirit brings are not apples or oranges or coconuts, but instead attributes, and they are as, and they are as followed. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit guides us to embody these qualities and use them in our everyday lives, making us better people and making the world a better place. In February of 2020, a few weeks before COVID sent everybody home and put an end to my junior soccer season, I was driving one of my younger teammates home from practice. During that ride, the rain continued to pick up and quickly turned into an incredible downpour. The roads were super slick, and to get to my teammate's house, I had to drive through the winding roads of Green Island. These were fantastic driving conditions that really helped me when a car pulled out in front of me at the last second. I quickly swerved my car to avoid it, but sharp turns, bald tires, and rain are not an ideal trio. I hydroplaned for around 30 feet or so, then slid off the road into a row of birch trees. These trees were not too kind to my car. They knocked off my side mirror, busted my fog light, and destroyed my front passenger fender. But as soon as I got out of the car and looked at the scene while I was standing in the cold rain, I realized that the same trees that destroyed my Chevy Equinox were also a blessing. Those trees were the only thing that slowed down my car while I was out of control, and had they not stopped me, I would have slid off a 15-foot embankment into a creek. That would be a lot worse than just a missing mirror and some fender damage. I left the side of the wreck with a trunk full of miscellaneous car parts and two important lessons. Lesson number one was that the Holy Spirit is always there to protect you. Lesson number two is it's typically a bad idea to drive your car into a tree. The Holy Spirit comes in many forms. It can be an interaction with another person, a voice in your head telling you to make the right choice, a sense of relief in a stressful situation, or any sign that personally speaks to you. The Holy Spirit is within us and around us all the time, guiding us and protecting us. In life, you're going to have bad days and you're gonna to have to go through winding roads in the rain. While this is true, literally, I mean this metaphorically. When an obstacle comes out of nowhere and it seems like nothing is there to save you, you must rely on your birch trees to save you. The Holy Spirit acts as our birch trees, protecting us and keeping us from falling into the creek. When life gets rough and you don't know what's next or what to do, trust the Holy Spirit to guide you and keep you out of harm's way. I know me and many of my peers that are up here with me are gonna go through a lot of changes very soon, and there are gonna be many new situations that arise that we won't know how to approach. But these situations, but as these situations come, we must face them with the Holy Spirit and trust him to protect us and instill us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control so that we may make the most of our futures and continue to strive for excellence while living life as Jesus would. Amen.